Welcome to the Two Witnesses Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Caleb, journey through the story of the Bible, seeking a better understanding of God's Word and the spiritual war that rages all around us. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Two Witnesses Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Michael. Uh, oh, wait. I don't think we did better. <laughs> it's been so long! I know! I don't usually do it. Uh, I, think, I think it starts out, hi, I'm Caleb, I'm Michael, or I'm Michael and I'm Caleb, and this is the Two Witnesses Podcast, right? No, I know it starts out, hello, hello and welcome to the Two Witnesses Podcast. I'm uh, Michael. And then you say, I'm Caleb. And then I just go into an intro. Yeah, something like that. Okay, let's just restart. Let's just Why? Because <laughs> it sounded terrible. No, <laughs> dude. Just, just, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> no, they're going to think it's funny. Please. <sighs> okay, okay. It has been That's so fine. long. All right, all right. It has been okay. so long. We are so, so out of this. This brings us back to my point. What I was going to do as an intro, which is totally like scrapbook now. But, um... We apologize for not being able to record for like three months, okay? A lot has happened in the last three months, and there has not been a lot of time for recording. This has kind of been set in the back burner, um, and I happen to have a brand new Bible that Michael got me, and I still have not been able to use the Bible, because it's a study Bible, in an episode. So, I may sound smarter than I really am in this episode today. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, you want to read today? Guys, we're going to be in uh, Genesis chapter 11. Sorry for not doing the intro correctly, because uh, we have not done this. Like yeah, it has been um, so long. Yeah, um, yeah, so we're going to be going through chapter 11, but we're going to be ending on verse 9 for this episode, because um, <clears throat> that's when the story of the Tower of Babel um, ends, and it starts going on to genealogies of Shem and of Noah's children which connects to the next story, and that next story happens after Job. So we have to, and since we're going chronologically, we're going to have to switch from the very end of the Tower of Babel over to the beginning of Job. Yeah. And <coughs> you want to open us in prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for this time that you've given Michael and I to uh, do this podcast for you, Father. God, we just pray that you be with our viewers in all the things they may be struggling with, Father, that you be their light, the light unto their feet, God. Um, God, I pray that you help Awana go, to, go good tonight and that you just guide Michael and I in your spirit, Father, um, rightly dividing your word. Lord God, we just love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Now, the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. All right, <clears throat> so let's see. Um... One, we see that the whole earth has one language and one speech that's pretty self-explanatory. Basically, everybody's like the exact same race and talks the exact same language. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. 
You think they were white, or do you think they were black, Michael? I think... <coughs> Racist! I think <laughs> that at that time, they were both. Oh, that was the most millennial statement I've ever heard in my entire life. No, because oh they had the genetic information for both Now you sound like an atheist. They didn't start out as either black or white. Black and white and Chinese and all of that, their derivation, it's, it's taking one group that has all of the genetic information and slowly it's filtering down into more and more exclusive groups that have fewer and fewer of the same genetic characteristics. Uh, they're becoming more and more unique from, and separated from each other. But they're still all humans, and they're still all the same race, technically. Yeah. Okay. So I'm noticing something. So this is after Genesis. Or, or I mean... <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Oh I mean, this is after the Flood, right? Yeah. And no, God charged Noah and his family to repopulate the Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's eight people. And it says... Uh, and it's, it's it hasn't been long since then. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still within like a couple thousand people maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's just uh, they gave ge- genealogies of the kids of Noah and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a couple thousand people, which is like a city size, which would make sense that they all speak the same same language and are the same race because they came from a group of eight that were all the same race and all spoke the same language and they right. just they just that's their culture so now we've got like a really big city that's populating the entire earth but it doesn't cover the whole earth it just covers like wherever noah settled mm-hmm. right um so there's just one city on earth compared to the thousands we have now but um it says, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. So it's a moving city. They didn't just pick a spot and stay there. So the, the, they came from the east, and they yeah, probably went to east from where the Ark landed, Mount or Ara. where, or east from where Noah settled. Yeah, and then his descendants started moving to the east, mm-hmm. and they decided that the plains of Shinar were a good place to live. It was probably, probably, I'm guessing here, uh, a fairly, uh, oh, what's the word? Fruitful. Um, good for farming. Plentiful? Yeah, plentiful land. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the word I was thinking of, but something like that. Okay. Something that means something like that. Um, so then they said, in verse 4, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Now this is talking about the Tower of the Babel. So, uh, Tower of Babel. <laughs> tower of the Babel. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, they want to go up. They think they can climb their way to heaven. And uh, this just reminds me of a lot of little kids' songs for Sunday school. Like, you can't build a rocket ship. Like, like, you know those songs where it's like, you can't get to rocket ship into heaven. <laughs> what the heck, dude? I swear, <laughs> dude, I'm so sorry. You can't get to. He- oh my gosh. You can't get to heaven. You can't get rocket. to the froggy with the lemon, and <laughs> you can't get to to heaven in a rocket ship. Same thing with them. They thought they could get to heaven <clears throat> by 
their own actions, which was building a tower tall enough to um, reach to God, which is almost like a slap in the face to God. It's like they're saying, oh, we're, we're mighty men, and we're strong enough, and we're going to build a tower up to your your uh, throne. throne. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you think. <laughs> and we're going to build a tower up to your throne, and we're going to live in heaven, and it's going to be our decision. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just being like a disrespectful child right now. They're going to be like, no, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I'm the boss of me. Mm-hmm. And, and keep in mind, he told them to disperse and fill the entire earth, and they're not. They're congregating at one place. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, like I said, it said, come, let us, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. All right. <clears throat> now, thanks to this fancy new study Bible that Michael got me, I've been learning a lot more about culture and um, history and things like that. And uh, something that one of my um, Bible, the, 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 the side notes says is, um, uh, the tower spoken of here was a ziggurat temple, which is a type of temple. Um, I'm guessing it's just, it's, it's a, uh, it's a category. It's a category of temple. It's basically like a pyramid, but in levels, it's not like the pyramid where it's got like, um, like 10 foot bricks and then 10 foot bricks and 10 foot bricks. It's like a big, massive chunk of building at the bottom. that's really wide. And it's like a really wide square right? Mm-hmm. or a cube. Mm-hmm. And then it gets smaller cube. It's smaller, but it's like building up. Really, it, it's what they call a uh, a stair step <clears throat> pyramid. Yeah, uh, but it, it doesn't exactly look like the pyramid of Giza, which was no. double its size actually. Yeah, and I mean, basically, it looks like if you took a series of building blocks and stacked them on top of each other, each one being each one being smaller than the one below it. Uh, you'd get that kind of pyramid shape, but with a stair-step look. And that's basically what a ziggurat looks like. Yeah. Um, and a uh, ziggurat, or ziggurats symbolized mountains. Um, both ziggurats and natural mountains were considered in the ancient Near East to be the dwelling places of the gods. So there's a little Eden bit of... was on a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of idolatry coming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of beliefs that that gods dwell on the tops of mountains and that Mount um, Olympus Mount Olympus is where the gods ascended apparently uh, Zeus and all them mm-hmm. that's where they lived you have Mount Hermon yep you have the Tower of Babel and, and uh, it was it was thought that the high places like the mountains were sites where the gods made their, their will known to mortals in this sense the ziggurat was viewed as the center of the cosmos. Biblical temple imagery uh, draws upon these themes. Now, if you look out at Jerusalem, Mount Zion, that's God's holy temple. God's it, holy mountain. It's God's holy mountain. And that replicates the idea of gods coming to the top of a mountain and expressing their will to the mortals mm-hmm. because Yahweh would... Um, that's, that's where Yahweh would meet humanity. And, I mean, you look at Moses. He met him on Mount Sinai. Yeah. And uh, one other mountain. What was that? Um, Start with an H. Hermon? No, not Hermon. <laughs> um, what was it? Wait, I think it starts with Horeb. Y. Oh, gosh. Man, it's going to make a joke. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Mount Horeb. <laughs> Um, but 
you see God meeting uh, humans on mountains, like Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, Mount Zion. And again, and the Garden of Eden itself was originally on a mountain. You know, you can see this in, I think it's Ezekiel, where it says that Satan was in the holy mountain of God, the garden. And <clears throat> so Eden was on a mountain as well. And so there you can see how the fallen realm is taking this idea this concept that God had put in place that he meets people on mountains, you know, Eden, Zion, Sinai, Horeb, and then they're twisting it into this concept that the gods actually live on those mountains. And then they're thinking that they can build an artificial mountain that they'll force God to live on, and then they'll have access to God through that. Exactly. Exactly. It, that if you build an artificial mountain, the gods will come and live there, and then you will have access to them, and they will do favors for you. Um, and there are a number of reasons. I mean, there are a number of reasons, first off, why the Infernal Realm would use mountains as their base of operations, supposedly. And also ones that... Uh, what do they call them? Anthropologists will use to explain why humans always think that the gods live on mountains. Things like the fact that mountains are very hard to get to. You know, they're very inaccessible. Um, it's also very common to see uh, garden imagery related to the gods. Um, so, for example, the Garden of Eden. Um, and the imagery of a garden in that culture was it was a very pleasant place to live it was you there was work that you had to do yes but it was not like being in a field in the sun you know there was trees for shade and you were mostly just tending to things that were basically taking care of themselves and so it was a very pleasant way to live which is one of the things when Adam gets cast out of the garden. He's gone from this fairly easy, comfortable lifestyle. It still had work and everything involved in it, but it was a very pleasant kind of work to the harsh work of the field. And so obviously, since gardens were such pleasant places to live, where else would the gods live but in a garden? Uh, so a lot of ziggurats often had gardens at the top of them. But, uh, anyway, where did we leave off? Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said... So at this point, real quick, they're thinking that they accomplished their goal. <laughs> this is true. This that is God true. came down to like, their mountain. Yes! And they're like, yes, we're the freaking winners! And then they're going to get screwed. <laughs> He's like, and no. <laughs> Uh, and the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So, your voice of God is so formal, dude. <laughs> like, when I think 
of God. I'm like, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let I think of like just authority, or like he's kind of angry with them, and you're like, for me, like, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, and of course, today. We have a huge drive all over the place for globalism, you know, uniting everyone into one language, one culture, one nation. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, we live in America, but every single day I go to science class and I have to measure everything in millimeters and Celsius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who in America does that besides the scientists? <laughs> and also, you'll have things like... Uh, there are a lot of actually they 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 tried to do this a lot during uh, in between World War One and World War Two I think if I remember right they tried actually creating several artificial languages that were a blending of Russian German French Italian English and all these other languages so that every single language would have the same kind of uh, initial advantage in learning that language, and they would all be able to learn it fairly easily and understand it, so then everyone would have one common language. Like in Star Wars, uh, where every alien race has their own language, but they all speak basic. They all speak or understand basic, which is like this common trade language, so that everyone can understand each other. And so there's been this huge push for years that, you know, we're all part of a global community. You know, we're not one nation or one country. It's we're part of, you know, the world. And it's interesting. Um, this is something I just thought of. It used to be, back in the day, uh, most, most people thought of themselves not as... For example, French or English, but first as a resident of... Okay, basically it would, it would be like this, okay? You and I wouldn't think of ourselves as Americans. We would think of ourselves as a resident of first our town, then our county, and then our state, and then some vague notion floating around in our heads about the United States of America being Americans but our first loyalty would be to our town and to our mayor or our castle lord or whatever that would be our, where our first loyalty was you know and we've pushed it out now where most people think of themselves as Americans you know they think nationally and now they're trying to push it out into a global concept where you think of yourselves as just a citizen of planet Earth. I've actually seen that phrase used, even though I don't run in that kind of a circle, really. But, and that's kind of pushing back toward this concept. You know, they are one people and they have all one language. Come, let us go down there. Let us go down and there confuse their language. 
so that they may not understand one another's speech. Us? Us. That's the Trinity? Mm-hmm. It, so obviously, us, so Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which some people don't think came along to tell Jesus, mm-hmm. are um, always there. Have mm-hmm. always been there. Yes. Uh, some people also think because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit could not come until he returned to his Father, yeah. that the Holy Spirit is actually kind of to a certain extent, a product of the unity between the Father and the Son. It's part of the relationship between them. Um, one example that's used is uh, when you have a, a marriage. You know, you have the husband and the wife, and then when they're together, they create this atmosphere, this environment, based on their relationship. And that's the comparison they make. But anyway... Uh, this could be a reference to the Trinity. Okay. It could also be a reference to the Divine Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the Trinity. Or it could be both. I, I think it's the Trinity. Or it could be both. I don't think it's those other ones. Uh, so, Divine Council concept, I think I've touched on this a little bit. But basically it's this concept that if you think of God as a medieval king, you know, he had his council of advisors and stuff. You know, his princes, his, you know, Michael, the archangel, his general, and so on and so forth, that he would talk to and kind of, you know, let them in on what he was planning. And so here, yes, he could be speaking of the Trinity, but Jesus is also part of the Divine Council as the angel of Yahweh. So... I think we're overthinking it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably. But, either way. Fun stuff. Alright, so I was thinking, uh, in comparison to the chapter, or the book of Acts, what God does here is he changes their language so that they can't understand each other, and what he does in Acts is changes the the apostles' language so that everybody can understand Mm -hmm. each other. A reversal of the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is actually one of the points that a lot of theologians make with that section in Acts, Pentecost, is that it was a reversal of the Tower of Babel and the Table of Nations, which is Deuteronomy 10, I think. Uh, It was also a reversal of the Table of Nations in some ways, because the Table of Nations, uh, in the Table of Nations, uh, it talks about how God basically gave up all of the nations to their own pursuits. He's like, okay, you guys can do do whatever you want, but Israel is my nation. It's the the one nation I'm keeping for myself. And in the book of Acts, at Pentecost, many of the nations that are listed in that are nations from the table of nations. And so basically that's God going, okay, now it's time to go out and reclaim those nations that I let go their own way. It's time to take them back. I'm, I'm reclaiming them, they're mine again. And ultimately that's going to lead up to Revelation when he finally reclaims the entire earth as his kingdom. So, how did I do? Verse 8. 
So the Lord dispersed them from there over all the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. Alright, so that's the end of the section. And Michael, I have a question, because I don't know it, I'm going to research it. But, it says they ceased building the city. Mm -hmm. And they scattered, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't destroy the city. No, they just stopped. So have we found it? Yes. Dang it. They believe they have found it. I wanted to see. I'm really into archaeology, and I was kind of hoping that that might be something I could look for. But mm -hmm. I guess they found it, and yeah, I'm not going to be an archaeologist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's plenty of other things to look for. Yeah, no. Um, oh, real quick on that note. So I've been wondering if maybe the Ark of the Covenant was findable, right? I've been asking that question to myself, trying to find an answer. And I think I figured out the answer. I think the answer is no, it's impossible to find it. Not because God doesn't will it, but because I don't think it's on Earth anymore. Because if you go into the book of Revelation, John says that when he looked into the temple of God in heaven, mm -hmm. like the tabernacle in heaven, he saw the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that was... Not, that was like, not even to the end times yet. Mm -hmm. He was just looking at it, and that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but it might be that it moves there. Keep, keep in mind, you know, we're not sure exactly where he was in our timeline when yeah. he saw that, and it's also possible that that was the heavenly Ark of the Covenant that the earthly Ark of the Covenant's design was based on. Oh, you're right. It's possible. Yeah. It It's not necessarily for sure, but it could be. Yeah. Either way. Um, so, Babel uh, sounds like the Hebrew word for confusion. Balal? Yeah. B-A-L-A-L. Balal. Balal. But... It also sounds like the, I want to say it's, oh, I can't remember what language it is. Um, Swahili. Babylonian, Babylonian, German. Sumerian, or something like that. <laughs> One of those languages. Anyway, uh, in that language, Bab-El means the gate of God, or the gate of the gods. I'm going to name my son Bob, middle name L. Harris. <laughs> Bob L. Harris. Oh, okay. uh, that's stupid. that's an interesting Pretty idea. Stupid. Yeah. But, uh, so here, we can be fairly certain that the tower, and possibly even the entire city, was called Bob L., the gate of the gods. And the Hebrews are like, eh, eh. but that's where he confused the languages. He balel the languages, so they call it Babel. That's a pun. Yeah, I know. It, the fact that we don't speak Hebrew makes that less obvious, no, but no, it is a wordplay. Okay. I'm trying to think of a good example in English, but I can't come like up with one. Like egg and excellent. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but why, why are we talking so much? 
I'm sorry. Filipino, uh, uh, that rocked. It did, though. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm, hey. You just got to make sure you don't take me for granted. Hey. Oh, yeah? My grandma liked to uh, sit in her rocking chair and wear rollerblades. You know why? Why? She wanted to rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> the Two Witnesses Podcast will return. <laughs>